running 100 miles seems impossible, and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100. I'm Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. What's up? Melody, how you doing today? I'm tired today. It's the Monday after Thanksgiving, and I think I speak for everyone when I say I'm kind of struggling today. Yeah, it's a slow day. Hard to get yourself moving again. And it's snowing outside. Yes, we're here in Ogden, Utah. We're looking out our window, and we got a big old blizzard coming down. Yeah, man. Good thing we don't have to drive anywhere today. For sure. (laughs) Instead, we get to talk about your 50-mile race that you just completed one week ago. Yeah, it was good. I'm excited to talk about it. So we had you on the week before the podcast and you gave us your pre-race thoughts and you were feeling pretty good about the race, right? I was feeling good. I was also feeling kind of nervous. We talked about, yeah, we talked about getting a coach and how I ran more miles this time than I did last year when I did the 50K yeah, and, and you did more speed training and such. More speed, yeah. So, yeah, we, we know what we talked about. We've heard the episode, but now we want to know how I guess did I it was go? just talking out, like I was trying to remember what I talked about last time. <laughs> I was just outward processing. Okay, start asking me questions. <laughs> so, how did it go? Uh, it was good. Overall, it was good. Do you just want the rundown? Like, yeah, give us the rundown. Okay. From start to end, what happened and all butt in as you talk about it. Okay. So Jacob and I stayed in Airbnb the night before. And this is what I did last year is I, I carb loaded. You know, and carb loading was this big thing. And now they're saying carb loading is stupid, which to me, carb loading, it does seem stupid, but... Every time I've done it, it works. So I carb loaded by eating like this big bag of cookies the night before. And some of you guys are probably shaking your head. Um, I'm telling you, like I've had success with carb loading the night before. And Dead Horse last year was the best race ever. And that's what I did. So I ate almost an entire bag of cookies. Okay. Um, Maybe that was mistake number one. Um, Anyway, so we get up at four the next morning we go to the start line and it's 17 degrees and I wanted to wear shorts and Jacob was not happy that I was wearing shorts. He's like, it's 17 degrees. But here's the thing. I hate clothes. I hate clothes. Like I could live in a nudist colony. And um, one of the hardest things about winter running is having to be covered from head to toe in clothes. So during winter running, I need to at least wear shorts so I have like some bit of freedom. Like I cannot be covered head to toe and stuff. Um, So anyways, so I wore shorts um, 
and it actually wasn't as bad as I thought, especially uh, once we started running and things warmed up. So we get going and this is the dead. And for those of you who did miss the previous episode, this is the dead horse 50 mile race down in Moab, Utah. Yes. Okay. So, um, trigger warning if, um, if you're grossed out by poop. So, um, I wasn't able to poop before we started and every runner is like, uh, you're like, um, Oh shoot. Like everyone's been there where it's like the start is in like 10 minutes and you haven't pooped yet. Right. And (laughs) except me, I've never been there. Really? I don't poop in the mornings. Oh, you don't poop in the morning. (laughs) See, I'm like clockwork and, um, I poop every morning. I like a few times. So usually I poop like two or three times before we get going. And I just was not able to poop. And I was like, crap. Um, Anyway, so I, I was like, okay, it's fine. Like, I'll just go at the first aid station. I know that as soon as I get moving and get things like shaken up, like I'll, I'll be able to poop at the first aid station, right? So I get running and I immediately have to go. And I'm like, oh man, this stinks. And I'm like, it's fine. Like the first aid station is four miles away. Um, I'm just gonna suck it up and get there as fast as I can. And it's, it probably wasn't smart of me to like go really hard the first four miles, but I needed to get there. Um, I couldn't eat or drink anything cause that just would have made it worse. So, um, anyway, so I like, I sprint to the first aid station and I get there and there's no porta potty. I'm, I, maybe I shouldn't hate on this race cause it's a really big race and it really, it's a good race. It's a good race. My biggest complaint though, is there were not enough porta potties on the course. Why would you not have a porta potty at the very first aid station? And this is a probably they do what like three different distances. Yeah. And uh, they have I think all about a thousand runners between yeah. the three. Yeah, like distances. this is a big race. So, also, yeah, big it's race. a desert run, so there's not a lot of places to step off the trail to go to the bathroom. And it's a very big like tread lightly area in the desert where they don't want you stepping off the trail oh and like email after email after email they're like don't step off the trail don't step off the trail well give us more porta potties then like this is a 50 mile race like runners have to poop (laughs) yes they do (laughs) so and then also like everyone knows that the first aid station is the most important aid station to have a porta potty because that always happens as you get running and then you have to poop so I was so angry. They didn't have a porta potty at the first aid station. So, and there wasn't anywhere for me to go and poo. So I'm like, okay, how far is the next aid station? And it's six miles. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go as hard as I can and try to get to that second aid station so I can poop. And again, I couldn't eat or drink anything because um, it, it would have made it worse. Like I was feeling so sick. Like I was actually nauseous. And so I sprint to the next aid station they have a porta potty there, a porta potty. They have one porta potty, and there's like ten people in line, and I stood in that line for thirty minutes to use that porta potty. I was so angry. So now I'm ten miles in. I'm angry. I've been sitting in line for thirty minutes. I'm sick. I haven't eaten or drinking anything. So that's how Dead Horse Fifty started. So after I went to the bathroom, I felt a little bit better, but I didn't, 
maybe this is TMI, but we're all runners here, right? I didn't get everything out. And for the next, up until the halfway point, up until mile 25, um, I was sick. I, I had, I, I'm just being honest here. I had terrible diarrhea. I felt really nauseous. I was having a hard time eating and drinking. First 25 miles, it just was painful. And I get to the halfway point 30 minutes before the cutoff. And I'm thinking like, am I even going to finish this race? Um, and I was just, I was feeling embarrassed and I was feeling low because I was like, maybe, I know I was just getting these crazy ideas of like, maybe I'll even be able to break 10 hours. Like not only will I beat Jacob's time, but maybe I'll be able to do this super fast because I've been doing speed work and I ran ultras before my, like, I know this stuff. And anyways, and I was like, man, like, I don't know if I'm even going to finish this race. Um, and then I, I took a rest. Oh, and they, they didn't have a porta potty at that aid station either. Um, at this point I was like, you know, I'm just, I'm just going like, I'm not waiting for porta potties anymore. And so, um, I stepped off the trail multiple times to go and, um, hid behind the tallest bush I could find, which was never very tall. Um, but I, I just started stepping off the course and going and, and anyways, so after that aid station, I, I basically have gotten everything out. Um, and I'm proud of myself. I was able to stay on top of my nutrition. It was hard to eat and it was hard to drink. But after the second aid station, I, I stuck to my nutrition plan. I drank enough. I listened to my body. I, I gave myself what I needed. So I think that's the reason I felt so good the second half. So the second half, I feel great. I got everything out. I'm, I'm up on my nutrition and hydration. And at about mile 30, this guy starts chasing me and I, I don't even see him. I just, I like, I kind of hear him grunt or something. So I know it's a guy and I'm like, Hey, just like, let me know if you want to pass me. And he's like, no, I, you're holding a good pace. I think I'm just going to stick with you. And I'm like, okay, cool. And, um, probably for about 10, 15 miles, we didn't say a word to each other. We just ran and he was like right on my hill and, I, I didn't care. I was like, this is actually nice. He's pushing me. And um, my goal was to drop him. Like I wasn't going to stop until he got tired and and I dropped him. Um, and we were we were cooking like, like 10, 30 miles. And this is the second half of 50. So that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. We're passing lots of people. And, um, and later he told me that his goal was to... Um, drop me and get me tired and then run past me <laughs> but what ended up happening is i let us off course and, and we both stopped when we which, realized which i promised you that you wouldn't do i know i, prom- I, I, promise I, I promised me. i wouldn't do it okay but it wasn't that bad okay because this is something that melody's done before i'm notorious for getting lost it, it's hey but in my defense it's really easy to get lost on that track. I know. That's why I was trying to drill it Lots into you. Lots of people got lost. <laughs> a lot of people did. Because in the desert, it's very easy to get lost. It is. It is. Um, so we realized that we're off course, but it wasn't bad. It's not like we were like five miles off course or anything. We realized we were off and we were looking for the blue flags. And then from a distance, all of a sudden we hear this like, hey, hey, guys. And we turn around and there's this guy up on the hill and apparently, like, obviously he was lost too. So we kind of stood there and waited for him to catch up to us. And and this guy was mad. He was like, 
effing a this beep this beep 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 like so angry and and he was like i just got three miles off course like we were supposed to be at like mile 44 45 and he was like at mile 48 49 (laughs) um we haven't even hit the last aid station yet and he was super angry um but anyways the three of us were able to find the blue flags and get back on course and it it probably was a total of like five to ten minutes that we were off course so what do you think like half a mile or something something like that like it really i feel like we noticed it as soon as we didn't see the blue flags it didn't take us a long time but we got back on course and at this point me and this guy start talking and after we'd been running for a couple hours right and so I'm like so what's your name and he tells me his name is Ethan and we get talking and we we're just talking about um like where do you go to school what do you do for work where are you from yada yada and and I start talking about some races that we do out in Tooele the Tooele Trail Racing Series and and um, and he was like, oh, wait, oh, yeah, I did White Pine this year. And that's a race that Jacob did. We did an episode on that, right? I don't think so. I don't think we did. I feel like we should do an episode on that. Anyways, we'll do that later. But Jacob did this White Pine race, and it's a it was a 50K with how much climbing? 13,000. 13,000 feet of climbing. Super gnarly race. We definitely need to do an episode. But anyways, he's like, oh, yeah, I did White Pine. And then it clicked. When me and my dad were waiting for Jacob to finish the 50K, the 16-year-old kid, he finished like a couple hours before Jacob. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Back and, of Packers. <laughs> and, and me and my dad were just like amazed that this 16-year-old kid, like I thought that I was the most mentally tough, like hardcore girl ever when I could run three miles without stopping when I was in high school. Like, how does a 16-year-old get the mental toughness to do a 50K with 13,000 feet of climbing? Anyways, me and my dad were just amazed. And anyways, it clicked. And I was like, oh, you're that kid who finished White Pine. And he was like, yeah. And and um, we're actually going to have him on the podcast. And we'll we'll talk about his story a little bit more. But he's done multiple 50s. He's done some 24-hour races. I thought he's done a couple hundreds, He's too. done a couple hundreds, yeah. He's yeah, 17 now. 17 years old. And and I, I'll be totally honest. When I first like turned around and saw him after we ran together for a couple hours, I finally turned around and saw his face. He was wearing these Darth Vader pajama pants. And I was like, nice. I was like, okay, this guy's a little weird. <laughs> but then he told me he was 17 and I was like, okay, well, that, that makes sense. Um, anyways, so he... We pace each other until the finish line and um, we're able to run the, we ran the entire second half. And if, if we didn't have each other to pace each other, I wouldn't have ran the whole last half and he wouldn't have ran the whole last half. Um, So moral of the story there is to make a buddy on the course, find someone to pace you. It makes such a big difference. Find someone to talk to and get your mind off of the pain. It makes the time go by by so much faster. So do you want to say something? So yes, before, you know, so it sounds like everything's going well for you. The second half is great. Yeah. In the second half. Yeah. Um, I mean, anything, I guess. Okay. Before I ask my next question here, I'll just let you finish up with your race recap though like so you guys start talking find out you're running next to a 17 year old stud you're like at mile 45 now you're back on course how'd those last five miles go well basically 
I was really scared for the last five miles because it's like a gradual uphill and then you have one last big climb and that was the part of the race that I was scared of. I knew that it was going to be painful, but it actually was really painless. Like honestly, those last five miles, like there's not really even a lot to say. Like Ethan and I just talked, we ran and then we finished and it just went by so quick. Found a buddy, you talked and... (laughs) Yeah. Just got through it with each other. We huh? raced each other to the finish line and I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> That's what matters. No, what matters. And what was your time? What matters is I beat your time, which your time was what? 11. I ran this last year. If you guys want to go hear my race recap from last year, you can go look it up in our episodes. His recap isn't as cool as mine, though. I don't know. Oh, mine was pretty cool. I had a really cool poop story in mine as well. Oh, yeah. There's always a poop story, yeah. man. <laughs> but anyways, yes, my time was 11 hours, 42 minutes. And what was your time, Melody? 11.08. By over 30 minutes. Yeah, so I beat you. You know, I, I wanted to break 11 really bad, but, you know, it's okay. I really feel like I got the time that I deserved yeah. with the training that I did. And... You know, I'm glad that you beat my time because I saw the work that you put in. And honestly, I was going to be sad if you didn't beat my time because you trained for this race much harder and with much more precision in your training than I trained for Dead Horse last year. I mean, if you go listen to my episode on it last year, I almost did that same thing that I, I almost did that thing that I almost always do and decide to back out two weeks before the race <laughs> um, because of my training being garbage. But, you know, anyways, but then my training is actually better than I realized. But anyways, you trained better, you trained harder, and you deserved a quicker time. And uh, I thought you were going to beat it going into it because I was, saw babe. your training. Thanks, babe. So now, so it sounds like to me, you had a rough first half of the race. Yeah. And a really good second half of yeah. the race. So how did you, because, you know, you said you came into mile 25 and you were disappointed because you're only 30 minutes ahead of the cutoff and you had these big goals of possibly even breaking a 10 hour, um, 50 mile time. But, uh, so how did you get out of that brain fog? Cause a lot of people will spiral from there. So yeah. how did you turn what had been a bad six hours and not let that turn into a DNF? And instead, make it for an even better five hours after that. Well, honestly, taking care of myself and nutrition. Uh, one reason I was struggling so bad is, um, well, because I was kind of sick. And But once I, I, I also was having a lot of pain in my hip flexors. My hip flexors were so tight. They've never been that tight before. And what's funny is a lot of other people said the same thing after that race. And I wonder if it's because all the rolling hills, if it just is a lot on your hip flexors. But anyways, I got to the aid station. I took a break. I ate food. I, um, I did some butt and hip strengthening exercises, which really helped my hip flexors. I drank water. 
I walked out finishing some food and I, I just, after I ate and took care of myself, I just felt so much better. And I also, I made the decision before I went into dead horse, um, that I was the, the only time I would ever drop out is if something catastrophic happened and like my leg broke in half or if I'm like so sick and so dizzy I'm puking my guts out and I I can't see or like it or if I'm pulled off the course because I miss a cutoff right and and I was like I what at that point I was like I don't know if I'm gonna finish this I was really disappointed but I was like I'm just gonna keep moving and I'm gonna keep trying and we'll see what happens and I also told myself over and over again that things can get better like I I know how race like this goes you're gonna have lows you're gonna have highs and and it hurts right now but I could have um I could have a second wind I mean in a race like this you get second wind third wind fourth wind fifth wind right um and I just like I just knew that the pain wasn't gonna last forever I just needed to keep moving um uh, but but really like nutrition nutrition I I feel like I just thought about moments just in my everyday life where I'm feeling grumpy and ornery and then I eat a meal and it's like, whoo, like all of a sudden I have energy. I feel happy again. And it's the same thing on a run. Um, like I just was, I was feeling negative and tired and sad, but, but then I ate and I felt better. Like seriously, nutrition, 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 nutrition is huge. I think when you start to feel negative and tired and heavy and um, I, I think one of the first questions you need to ask yourself is, have I drink it enough? Did I get enough electrolytes and have I eaten enough? So with that, speaking on nutrition then, what did you do for nutrition? What was your plan and why weren't you doing that in the first half? Well, it was the first 10 miles I wasn't because... I was really sick and I I couldn't eat or drink anything. Like like I said I had it was like cuz if you ate or drank it was going to make you sicker. Um it was going to make me have to go more and it was already like it was so, so it's painful. Cause, it's cuz you couldn't go poop basically. It it was it was like diarrhea. I I wasn't worried about losing it, but it hurt. Like um I you know how you can kind of Okay, again, TMI warning, but you know how you can kind of like suck it in and, and the pain like kind of passes and like I could kind of suck it in and run. But the second I swallowed something, it like all came back down and I had to go, you know, so oh, I just gotcha. I just couldn't eat. So but oh. that was first 10 miles. But after the first 10 miles, then I, I started um, sticking to my plan. And my plan is roughly 200 calories an hour. I use spring energy gels um cliff blocks um why did i those sandwiches why did i just forget uncrustables uncrustables you guys uncrustables are what saved my life um spring energy uncrustables cliff gels um cutie oranges and nuts i learned that i love nuts on a run i love that protein and the fat because it makes me feel full so um I always eat something real at about three hours. So I just did spring energies about 200 calories an hour until three hours. And then I had, that's when I have like a full meal. So I had an Uncrustable, I had a cutie orange, and then a handful of almonds. 
Um, and I always, that's always when I felt really good was after like a full meal. And I kind of did that same thing over and over again. So I would just do 200 calories an hour with spring energy gels and, and cliff shot blocks. Um, and then at about the three hour mark, I would have incredible, uh, a fruit and a handful of almonds. Wow. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. It was perfect. It really was. And like, yeah. Go ahead. And what'd you do for electrolytes then? Um, oh, salt pills. I took a salt pill once an hour. Just one once an hour? Yeah. And that's it, all? My, that... my Cliff Energy blocks also had electrolytes oh, okay. and sodium in them. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. Well, the nutrition sounded like you had it down. Yeah. Now I just need to figure out my nutrition leading up to the race. Yes. I, what I'm going to try next time is a laxative before the race. I know a lot of runners do that. I always thought I was like... I don't know. I just always thought that was kind of crazy, but now I understand why people do it. So that's, that's going to Are you gonna take it. What? Two days before the race, either two days before the race or like the morning before the morning of, I mean, you're just getting risky not, not, there. Sorry. Not, not the morning of, I mean, yeah, the morning of the day before well, the race. dehydrating yourself by going too much the day before. Yeah. Maybe it would be better to do it two days before. It's just, it's another thing I'll have to experiment with. I mean, also, with. would you think that it was the cookies and going out to eat for pizza the night before that did it? I honestly think it, it was an accumulation of what I ate that entire week leading up to the race. Um, it honestly, like my nutrition that whole week was off. It wasn't good. It wasn't consistent. It wasn't normal. I did have a lot of junk food. I think if I was more consistent and like on routine with how I normally eat that week, I think I would have been fine, but I think my guts were just messed up. And I also think my guts were a little bit messed up because of anxiety. I, I think, I think it was, I think my body was anxious. So this is going to happen every race. <laughs> I don't know. There, there's obviously some, some <laughs> tweaks that we need to make and some new things to experiment with. So I don't know. We'll I, don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it's anxiety, then there's not a lot you can do about that. Oh, there's, just gonna... there's plenty of stuff you can do for well, anxiety. If anxiety is causing diarrhea. medication. But um, you think that that would help cause you so that you don't have the runs before every race? For sure. Yeah. There's, there's strategies. There totally are. Okay. Because I know this has been an issue for you with... Most races, you always have diarrhea. I do. Of. Yeah. And maybe it's my nutrition. Maybe it is anxiety. And maybe that's just something that maybe I'm just always going to have yeah, anxiety and an upset stomach. And that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe this is just. But there's things we could figure out. Like, it. maybe, maybe the trick to this is a laxative. Like, maybe that solves all my problems. Who knows? Who knows? I'm also going to start counting my macros. I just hired a nutritionist. We're going to try that. Maybe once I start counting macros, we'll we'll learn some things and figure some things out. But, you know, we'll keep trying. There is one part of the race that I do want to talk about, uh, kind of switching topics here. Um, I want to talk about my pain cave moment. Okay, I let's feel like, hear it. I feel like everybody has the pain cave moment, right? Yeah. And um, I'm going to be... want to quit. Yeah, yeah. When it hurts the most... Um, I'm going to be really vulnerable with this pain cave moment because I feel like that's what this show is about and that's what ultra running is about. And my pain cave moment was right before mile 25, the halfway mark. And I knew that I was going slow. I was really sick. Um, and I just got this 
I just realized that I wasn't going to get, like, I really, at the beginning of this race, thought that I could do a nine hour, 30 minute race. Ultra sign up said that that was my predicted time. Um, and I just thought that like, I've been training really well and I'm just going to push it super hard. And I feel like I could actually do that. And at that moment in the race, I realized that not only was I not going to get that time, but I was going to be way off that time. And I just, it was just this moment of like realizing that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And, and, um, realizing that like, if I want a nine hour, 30 minute 50, I need to put in the work for a nine hour, 30 minute 50. I put in the work for an 11 hour 50. I got the time that I deserved and I'm not going to put in an 11 hour or put in the work for an 11 hour 50 and then expect a nine hour, 30 minute outcome. You know what I mean? And it just was this moment of like, oh, I need to step it up. Like if I want to get faster, if I want to get better, it's time for me to make some changes in my life. Not not only in my workout routine, but here's the thing with ultras is they, um, with an ultra, it, it takes everything in your life into consideration, right? Mm-hmm. Like I just thought about my sleep schedule, the way I'm eating. Like I said, I, I did not eat well leading up to the race. Um, I didn't do as well with my strength training. Like I got my miles in, I got my speed work in, but I was lacking with my mobility. I was lacking with um, my strength. And I think that's one reason my hip flexors were hurting because I wasn't doing the glute and hip strength that I normally do. And I just realized that I need to step it up. And it just kind of was this, like I kind of, as I was in this pain cave, it was kind of this morning of like letting go of who I thought I was and seeing all of my weaknesses in that moment. And, um, anyways, that, that was kind of the, I feel like every ultra, your personality changes a little bit. And I feel like that was the moment my personality changed a little bit. That was kind of my, my kind of the trauma that I went through that, that was, to become a different person, you know, that was why you ran that race. Cause every race has a lesson for you to learn. That was my lesson. My lesson was, I need, I need to step it up. There's, you know, and, and, and here's another thing. I feel like we can't expect more than what we put in, right? Yeah. In everything in life. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I say I deserve that time. I deserved an 11 hour time. And, and I've had some people say like, oh, but come on, like you still ran 50 miles. Like what, why? And, and I'm not sad. I'm not sad at my time at all. Yeah. You beat me. I, I'm, I'm proud. I really did the best that I could. Um, you know, and and some people like I, I tell them like what I just told you and they're like, Oh, but you ran 50 miles. And the thing is like, I I think about Sally McRae's story and how she wanted to win bad water and she got seventh place and she was so sad. Like there's a picture of her and she's just, she's holding up her bib and you could tell she's been crying and all the comments were like, come on seventh place at bad water. Like, why are you so upset over this? And like, people were just giving her a hard time. And she came out and said like, seventh place at Badwater might really be good for someone. But for me, she said, I knew that I could have pushed harder. I knew that I had more in me. Um, and it's, um, so that's kind of how I feel where I'm like, I, like I, I did get this race my all. Um, and 
and I could say like, hey, I ran 50 miles and that's awesome. And it is. And I am proud of myself. For me personally, I want to do more. I want to run 50 miles faster than that. And and I, I like I said, I could just choose to be okay with that time and stay at that time and just be happy that I ran 50 miles. For me personally, I want to do more. I, I want to be better than I am, you know? So that's amazing. Yeah, that's a great life lesson, I guess, your, how this race changed you. So now, I guess, what what's the plan on implementing that of like what are your goals now if you want to do more like you said you wanted that that sub 10 Mm -hmm. you know um 50 mile time or whatever like so what are you now implementing now because of this well i'm i'm stuck stepping it up i every year i i choose a word for the year and and i'm thinking about getting ready for 2023 because it's 2022 right for some reason i keep thinking mm-hmm. it's 2023 anyways so i'm getting ready for 2023 and my word is discipline and i i've been really lax on my on my habits and goals and i, I just have kind of been in this like flowy hippie like i'm gonna do what i want when i want and because i used to be a very uptight strict like letter of the law kind of person and then and that was just too much and so I I feel like I kind of fell into this like um I'm just going with the flow and and I feel like I kind of went too far in that direction and now I feel like it's time for me to find balance between um sticking to the schedule and and being flexible I need to find a balance there and and I I really do need to stick to my schedule I need to wake up on time I need to go to bed on time um, I've I've created a point system. This was something that you suggested, Jacob. Um, I created a point system um, that's going to help me reach my goals. Basically, the premise of this point system is um, certain tasks I get points, and if I get and and my goal is to get fifty points every day. Um, and um, so yeah. you're 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 sounds like right now you haven't even mentioned anything really with running you've been using this life lesson with actually life (laughs) here's the thing i i've made running a habit i get my run in every single day like that's just a part of my routine yeah now i need to i need to fix things up all around that part to make the running better Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying sense yeah 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 if you can do what's right outside of running how much sweeter does running you know, and your running goals then become on top of that. And then how, like my workouts are going to be more productive if I'm well fueled and, and I got enough sleep and you feeling confident about who you are and what you've done that day or done that week or that month. And I know why I'm running. That's another big thing is like, like what are my priorities? You know, just, just being clear on my priorities and being clear on my goals and my direction in life and doing what I tell myself I'm going to do even when it sucks because you know i used to hate when people said this but that's just life life is doing things that suck i mean mean, that's not all life is obviously but if you wow my wife is a changed person (laughs) i remember you telling me you i remember when you got upset at me because that's what i said it's about a balance it's about a balance And, and that's what i'm learning i've I've learned that I'm a very black and white thinker. I'm like, it either has to suck 
or it has to be amazing. No, life is a mix of both. Yep. You know, it's a mix of both. And, and, and you need to know like when to suck it up and do it. And you also need to know when it's okay to take a break, you yeah. know? In the words of Mr. Miyagi, balance, Daniel son. Balance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man, we gotta we gotta start making some swag. We should make that one of our t shirts. Another goal that I had for this race was to dig deep because I realized that um I haven't been I I've been digging deep, but once I get to the point of like I am nearing my push myself threshold, like my pain threshold. I always kind of stop there. I back off a little bit. I don't allow myself to enter like that deep pain. Um, That's something that I used to be really, really good at. But over the years, I just, I've backed off. And I told myself that on this run, I wasn't going to back off. I was going to allow myself to go to those deep, those deep places. And, um, and I did let myself get there. And I have to say that it felt amazing. One thing that I did is when, when I was nearing that threshold and it was getting really painful and I wanted to stop, um, I would pick a point in front of me and I would make myself run until I hit that point. And then I could stop if I wanted to. There were a couple times when I did stop, but most of the time I'd run to that point and I would keep running. Um, and what I wanted to mention here was how fulfilled I felt after this run because I took myself to those spots. Like I, I've had runs where I push myself, I do good. And like one run in particular, I'm thinking about um, the White Pine, uh, one of the Tula Trail Racing Series. It was an eight mile run and I ended up getting second place. And it was exciting and it was cool that I got second place, but I didn't feel quite fulfilled. And I realized that it's because I could have pushed harder. I didn't let myself go to those deep, painful places in myself. And the reason I feel so happy and full, like I feel full after this run because I let myself go to those places. And I feel like whenever you take yourself to that place, I feel like you push your pain threshold a little bit deeper. And every time you go to that place, you push it a little bit deeper and deeper and deeper. And and it just made me excited. I, I don't know. It was just it was just this reminder of like my, my pain threshold is, has kind of been level. Like maybe I've been pushing it a little bit at a time, but if I really want to push that pain threshold, like I need to get past it. I need to let myself get there. But, but the main, main point I'm trying to say is you just feel good. You feel full when you honestly push yourself to your limits and when you really did the best that you could. And and only, you know, you're the only one Mm -hmm. knows the only one who knows if you really gave it all you had mm-hmm. um, and that it's just a good feeling, it's worth it. So when, when you're getting scared to get into that, that deep part to get past your pain threshold, just remind yourself that it's, it's going to be worth it. I like that. I think that's, that's, I mean, yeah, you want to feel good after a race, but as you're saying that it's just the same, same thing with life as well. Like, you want to feel like every day that you gave it your best shot that day or that week. Or if you have a goal, you want to feel like you dug as deep as you could to reach that goal. And that's what leaves you fulfilled. If you quit, if you stop early, if you, as Goggins says, with the 40% threshold, if you only, your brain will tell you after you give 40% 
of what you have to give that that's all you have to give but if you try to break that threshold and uh do a little bit more see if you can do more even see if it's if just more, 10 seconds more see if more is possible um see if you can overcome this challenge you know then that's when fulfillment comes yeah and and kind of like what i was saying with white pine like the the trophy wasn't fulfilling i got second place but it wasn't anything close to the fulfillment i felt on this 50 mile race where mm. i was i was like at the top of the back of the pack or like bottom of mid pack you yeah, know yeah um and that was more fulfilling because yeah. i know that i did the best that i could exactly agreed it's the whole like what ohm said on our podcast you know i'd rather fail big than win small and yes. i think something that you brought up here is um you had goals for this race and you could technically say you you failed that goal the whole 10 hour um 50 mile you failed that but look what you've learned because you did have that goal to push yourself you know like that you did have that goal to dig deep and to go into the pain cave and not back out you know i, I think it's really cool that you set these goals before your race because you knew that this stuff was probably going to happen during the race so you want to establish what are you going to do when that happens during the race before that even happens well and just knowing i i just listened to a trail runner nation um podcast that do hard things mm -hmm. um and they talked about how in the book it teaches you you know before you go into race expect the pain don't don't be like oh no like it's gonna be fine like i i got my nutrition down i've trained like it's gonna be fine you know you need to know that you're gonna hit that pain cave you're gonna walk in that pain cave you're gonna feel so much pain you're gonna want to quit like you need to go in expecting that and being ready for that another great parallel to life <laughs> yeah because that's just like we can't avoid pain it's yeah. gonna happen so if you try to avoid it, it you're gonna live a life of mediocrity and disappointment right honestly right and it, if you walk away with a lesson it's never a failure nope it's not wow well sounds like you took a lot away from this 50 mile race you know i i don't know if i mentioned this but i really felt like god wanted me to do this race at the beginning of this year when i was signing up for races i really felt um compelled to sign up for this race and and i was so excited to see why and 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 now I know why, like, um, God had a lot of things to teach me on this race. And, and I think sometimes he, I, I think a lot of the times God speaks to you in, in your darkest, hardest, most vulnerable, most painful moments. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's another thing that's so awesome about ultra running. I, I think God, God knew that this race would take me to that moment and when he'd really be able to speak to me and get through to me. So, yeah, agreed. Well, thank you, Melody, for joining us today on Trail to 100 and telling us about your 50-mile experience. Thanks for listening and letting me talk about my 50-mile experience because all us runner, runners know is that that's all we ever want to talk about is, is running, right? So. Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, make sure that you guys um, subscribe to the podcast. We have 
some great guests lined up. We including Ethan, the seventeen year old ultra runner. Exactly. So we're gonna hear from a kid who's under eighteen and over already ran multiple one hundred mile races Whew. and figure out how he's done that. And, and we what, thought we were young ultra yeah. runners. No, I think the sport's getting younger and younger. It is. It's yeah. growing. It is. For sure. And we're also we just we already conducted an interview with a runner who also ran, he was the DFL of the Ute 100, the race that I ran earlier. And man, does he have a story to tell. That's a powerful Pow- podcast. And that will be out next week, guys. So you're not going to want to miss that. Um, so make sure you subscribe and, and also leave us a review. Rate our podcast. Just helps us so we can share this story of... Um, beginning ultra runners as we're here to help the back of packers finish that finish line or help you get across that finish line for the first time so thank you for joining us today melody thank you for sharing your experiences you've had some powerful lessons learned that i think we all can learn from your experience to implement into our own lives thanks love all right well we will talk to you all next time see you guys Hey guys, it's Melody here. Thank you so much for listening to Trail. It means so much to us. I'm really excited to tell you about my coaching business where I help average Joes who are looking for a little bit more out of life do something big to find a little bit more purpose, direction, and meaning. I know what it's like to feel stagnant or like something's missing or like you just want more out of life. I was in the same spot. Jacob and I had just gotten married and we were both working nine to five jobs and we just were like, what do we do now? We, we just wanted something more and we listened to David Goggins book and we decided to sign up for a 50 mile race. And since then we've done fifties, we've done, Jacob's done a couple hundreds, I've done one 100 and, and running has changed our lives. I feel like I always have a goal to work towards. I feel accomplished and proud of myself. I feel like I have learned countless life lessons that have made me a better friend, a better wife, a better daughter, a better person. And I want to give back and help you do the same thing. I'm telling you, running can change your life. If you're ready to jump in and sign up for a race, whether it's three miles or 100 miles, I would be honored to help you cross the finish line. If you want to learn more or get in touch with me, go to my Instagram at Pine Tree Running or my website, MelodyBateman.biz. You have so much potential and you are way stronger than you know. Let's find your strength because it's there just waiting to be tapped into.